you know, God's peace is real. There's just, there's just nothing like the experience of facing a circumstance that seems absolutely overwhelming and having God just speak into your heart, I've made you an overcomer. I'm going to take care of you. Or when maybe you, you, you know that you have totally blown it and, and you have sinned against the Lord and you go to the Lord in confession and the Lord brings to your mind and your heart the truth of His Word. If you confess your sin, I'm faithful. I'm just to forgive you and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. There's nothing like that knowledge that you've been forgiven. I mean, that's a real peace to know that the shame and the regret of your sin can be changed because God forgives you of your sin. That's real peace. I've done a lot of funerals in the years I've been here. And I've done funerals of people who have believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I've done funerals of people who do not. And there's one thing that happens in every single funeral I do. People who attend a funeral think about what's going to happen when they die. And there's nothing like knowing that God promises to all those who trust in Christ that they will not even taste death, but they'll pass from this life into eternal life. That's peace. When you face circumstances in life that are actually a literal threat to your person, your emotional well-being, um, your future, whatever the threat may be in this life to who you are and what you have, it is so good to know that nothing can threaten my soul in the eternity that God has protected. God's peace is real. And God has spoken a message of peace. And when we listen to what God has said, it literally changes everything. And I know that many of you sitting here this morning are, are totally registering with this idea of experiencing the peace of God. Being reconciled to God. Having hope for eternity. Having hope in this present life that all the troubles that come against us, Jesus Christ has overcome those things and He will make it right someday in some way for those who trust Him. We know what it means to have God's peace. And it all comes into our lives because God has spoken and we've listened. Several thousand years ago, 
a young woman and a young man had God speak to them and they listened and nothing's ever been the same. Mary was probably in her early teens when she was betrothed to a young man named Joseph. Betrothed means that they were engaged and betrothal in that days was a lot more serious than engagement in our day. In fact, there would have been formal agreements made between the families. There would have been a bride price exchanged from the father of the groom. There would have been a legal proclamation of their engagement that made it a permanent state that could only be broken by divorce. To break the betrothal, you had to actually get divorced. It was a legal arrangement of declared faithfulness. In fact, Mary would have been called Joseph's wife. Joseph would have been called Mary's husband even before the marriage ceremony occurred. Joseph and Mary were betrothed. And then one day in the little town of Nazareth, this hidden little town on the hillside, something absolutely amazing occurred. The angel Gabriel showed up to speak God's words to this young lady named Mary. God was speaking and Mary was listening. Let's read the story together in Luke chapter 1. For those of you with kids up through fifth grade who gets one of these packets that we have, you'll actually be looking at this same story tonight as you celebrate Advent. Uh, For those of you who do not have children fifth grade and under, we encourage you to pick up one of the family Advent guides. Everybody can pick one up. If you don't have kids... Pick up a family Advent guide. It'll give you some guidance on intentionally celebrating Advent in your homes during this Christmas holiday. Now let's read what happens here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And you need to translate that verse as Mary was freaking out. She was really bothered about what was going on. In fact, we can see that she is feeling fear. Right now, but what's happening? She doesn't know what's going on or why this is occurring. And she's afraid right now because of what she's seeing and hearing. And so the angel Gabriel says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Now what the angel Gabriel just said to Mary was, 
Everything that I've been promising in the Old Testament, everything that the prophets have been pointing to, everything that I intended for creation to experience under my reign, I'm bringing to fulfillment by sending a Messiah. And you are going to bear that Messiah. He is going to fulfill the promise that I made to David that there will be somebody sitting on his throne forever. He's going to fulfill the promise that I made to Eve when I said that the serpent would strike his heel but he would crush the serpent's head. I'm going to fulfill every promise I've been making all along the way by giving this Messiah to you, to my people, that he may fulfill my promises. He just told Mary... Everything that I've been building towards is coming to fruition in a Messiah. Pretty amazing statement Mary just heard. I suspect it's a little overwhelming and certainly it created some questions in her mind. Foremost is listed right here in Luke. She says, how can this be since I am a virgin? Wait a minute. We've got a problem here. If this is going to happen, how is this going to happen since I have not been married yet to Joseph? We're just betrothed. We're just engaged. What's going on here? She's got a significant question here, one that needs answering. And Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child should be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her, old, in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary says this doesn't sound possible. I'm not yet even married. And Gabriel says, speaking for God, nothing is impossible with God. God just spoke and told Mary that he was going to bring forth the Messiah through her. And he told her it would be supernatural. And he told her what is impossible would happen because God said it would happen. Now that's got to be a little unsettling. You know how Mary responded? Incredible response. She said, verse 38, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is Mary's response to this unbelievable message. This message that would literally, if there's no way we can put ourselves in Mary's shoes, especially us guys, but there's no way we could put ourselves in Mary's shoes. How could this have felt? We don't know. We can't even speculate and get close to what she experienced when she's told You are going to carry the Messiah. The fulfillment of my promises to bring creation back to me. You're going to carry it. There's no way we can understand that. But I love Mary's response. You know what we can't understand? We can understand circumstances and situations in our life that feel overwhelming that we don't understand, that we don't really get the full picture of, that create a myriad of questions in our lives. We can understand what it feels like to be in those kinds of situations. And you know what Mary says? She says, I am your bond slave. Let it happen to me according to your word. What you say, I am listening to. And you do whatever you need to do with me. And this is a situation that could have created a great 
deal of turmoil. But I am convinced by what we see in Scripture and what we don't see in Scripture that in Mary it created nothing but peace. And the reason it created peace in Mary is because of her response to what God said. You've spoken. I am your bond slave. I'm listening. Whatever you've said, I'm going to trust. And so Mary, the first thing she does, she goes to see Elizabeth. I think that's great. Okay, he said Elizabeth is pregnant. I think that's a good reason for me to go see her. And she goes to see Elizabeth and she experiences this confirmation of what God said. I am certain when she walked through the door and saw Elizabeth, that peace showered her heart, especially when Elizabeth cries out about Jesus Christ whom Mary is bearing. Peace. She spends her time there, about three months or so, and by the time she's headed back to Nazareth, there's no question that Mary is more pregnant than she was when she left. When she goes home this time, what Joseph did not know when she left the first time, he will most assuredly know. Because she's three months pregnant. She's not going to be able to hide this. She's not going to be able to keep this from being known. And when she goes home to Nazareth, there's going to be a circumstance developed that would under normal circumstances create anything but peace. But I'm convinced. Because of what Mary said, I'm your bond slave. That no matter what she faced when she returned home, she did not lose her peace. Because God had spoken, and she was listening and believing. When she got home, Joseph found out she was pregnant. We don't know exactly how Joseph found out. We don't know why Joseph believed what he believed, but he did not believe or he did not know that Mary was carrying a child because of God's plan. Joseph was concluding that Mary was with child because Mary had been unfaithful to the betrothal, the promise of faithfulness. And he was making plans to secretly divorce Mary, not to shame her any more than she had already been shamed. Because he was convinced this was not God's plan, that this was actually her unfaithfulness and broken promises to Joseph. And we pick up that story in Matthew chapter 1. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. He planned to divorce her. Now, now consider this circumstance here for Joseph. Everything has fallen apart. He believes that the one he has promised his faithfulness to has been unfaithful to him. Think about the crushing blow that was for his life. Then think about Mary put in this circumstance when she gets wind of the fact that Joseph is planning to divorce her. Here she has been promised to bear the Messiah the Son of God, under the plan of God, which God spoke to her through the angel Gabriel, and now she's facing life as a single mom, accused of adultery that she never committed, 
all the while carrying and bearing the Son of God. I mean, this is a total wreck. It's a train wreck. Nothing here communicates peace. And yet, it's right in the middle of these circumstances, impossible circumstances, that God's peace is found. Because both Mary and Joseph listen to what God has said and believe. When, when he had considered this, Joseph, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Don't you just know that when Joseph woke up from that dream, As quickly as he could, he went to Mary and somehow communicated to her, I know, I believe, I'm not going to divorce you, I'm going to take care of you. And that's exactly what he did. Verse 25 says, but he kept her virgin until she gave birth to a son and Joseph called his name Jesus. What could have been an absolutely horrible experience for the two of them became one of unparalleled peace because they listened to the words of God, believed Him, and they yielded their lives to Him. And the result of that was that one day in a manger, in a cave, in a stable, They held a baby together who was and is the Prince of Peace. And don't you know that all the questions they had, all the things that they faced, they didn't know what it would be like to go back home to Nazareth, having this child that everybody would believe is an illegitimate child. They didn't know what that would do to their reputation, what that would do in the community, what that would do to their, to their future. They had so many questions about what this meant. It didn't matter. Because they held in their arms the Prince of Peace. They'd heard God speak. And they'd listened. And it changed everything. God has spoken. And when we listen to what he says, it literally changes everything.